from Zamo Digital, welcome to the SaaS Marketing Superstars Podcast with your host, Aaron Sikowski. This is the show where we uncover proven growth strategies from CMOs and marketing leaders behind some of the fastest growing SaaS companies. Hey, superstars. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Aaron Zikowski, and today I'm chatting with Joel Kletke. Joel is the founder of Case Study Buddy, a specialized team who help B2B brands like HubSpot, Loom, and Extensive to scale their customer stories and drive more ROI from each one. He's also a sought-after conversion copywriter, a bald Canadian, and a dad trying to figure it all out. Hey, Joel, how you doing today? I'm doing great. It's uh, roastingly hot in Calgary today, so I've got my shorts on for the first time in a while, and I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm feeling the change in the weather, and I'm feeling real positive about, about the future, so doing good. Fantastic. Well, we've known each other along, online for, for a long time, and I'm glad we're finally getting the chance to connect and really, really talk because uh, I've been fascinated by you and the content that you put out online. Also, just the idea of your of your agency, Case Study Buddy, you know, specializing in such a niche like doing case studies and such. Um, curious, how did you get into this niche or that's you know so specific doing just case studies? Yeah, it really was something that just came through the process of being open to trying new and different things. So where my background is, I, I used to work in an agency doing SEO. That was kind of my first real, like not accounting gopher type of job. But I always loved content, never saw, you know, writing, I should say. I always loved writing, um, but never saw a career in it. And then while I was at the agency, got an opportunity to do some writing. Um, 2013 went out on my own and was really focused on like blog posts and ebooks. And then in short order, within a year and a half or so, had made the pivot into conversion copywriting, was doing a lot of landing pages, websites, that kind of thing. And I just wrapped up a project for WP Engine and someone on the board was impressed with how that went and said, hey, this went well. I advise a company named Pingboard. They need a case study. Is that something you do? And my philosophy has been for a long time to just try things and see how I do with them and see how they go. If I feel confident that I can work hard enough to make it worth that person's time, I'll, I'll do it. And so I thought, sure. So I, it was in, in doing that project that a lot of different things occurred to me and, and became um, clear to me. The first was, holy cow, there are a lot of moving pieces in a case study, and they're harder to do than I even anticipated. Uh, they involve a lot of disciplines, interviewing, project management, writing, you know, um, telling a compelling story, thinking strategically about how to tie that back to the business. And so that was the first realization is, number one, these are tough to do. Number two, um, everybody needs them. Every B2B business, you know, has teams clamoring for these. And you can go to any, almost any B2B site and find success stories, case studies, a section devoted to these. And so I thought, okay, well, it's, it's tricky to do. Everybody needs them. And in doing the story, I realized despite the challenge of it, there is a repeatable process here. There are repeatable steps. And it seemed like something that I could scale. It seemed like something I could build a process around, build a team around, and do very well. And the, the last bit for me was I thought, surely someone has already conquered this space and was already planted the flag and said, this is all we do, and, and we do it really well, and we bring a whole team to bear on it. And when I looked around, not really. There was the odd freelancer. I mean, Casey Hibbert has been focused on these for a long, long time. There was the odd agency where it was like an add-on service. But at the time, you know, there weren't any real scalable teams there there weren't specialized you know agencies or, or people doing this so i thought well why not me I'll, I'll give it a go it's got all the right ingredients and so case study buddy was born 
in very short order, brought in a partner because I was doing this part-time off the side of my desk, spent the first year just kind of quietly testing the idea, and then it grew organically from there. Nice. Um, Again, it seems super niche, right? Obviously, everybody has them. The, I guess the, the, talk about the impact, I guess, of, of case studies a little bit. You know, we all know that, you know, B2B, you got to get your case studies and, and we all think they're, our case studies are fantastic and we've all done such a great job in our, in our businesses. Um, but, but why are they really so important? Yeah, I think what's so important about them is that they are in many ways unique. Number one, they're always going to be by virtue unique to your business. It's mm-hmm. your customer's experience with you and your solution. It's content your competition can't publish. It's about a relationship only you have. And so by virtue of the fact that this is your client, their journey, their story, you're creating something nobody else has. And I think that is the first value point. I think the second piece of it is done well, they're both relatable and credible. Your audience or or your customers will always be better at advocating for you than you are because they're coming at it from a place of having made the decision to work with you, having bought in and tested the claims you've made and come out the other side going, yeah, this this really works for me. We're really succeeding with this. And and a story to a wall is also relatable when you can tell the story in a way that resonates. And, And by that, I mean, someone can see themselves in it, whether that's because of the challenge overcome, whether that's because of the transformation experienced, whether that's because of the role of the person who made that decision and they relate to the pressures or the challenges that person is under, told well, these stories are really relatable and, and really credible. I think the third thing that fewer companies realize but are starting to tap into is that these are also ultimately repurposable. They're, they're, they're massively versatile in terms of you can use them for lead gen, cold outreach, advertising, remarketing. You can use them for nurturing both existing and and new customers. You can use them for retention to remind people of the value and and you can use them for bringing back churn leads. And you can use them also for things like disambiguating your offer to a new market or positioning against a competitor. They have so much utility. And so when you approach these in a well-thought-out way, a systematic way, when you can focus on aligning them with real business goals as opposed to here's yet another win and here's some bullet points and some nice quotes and just kind of fart it out into the universe, when you can be intentional about it, there is so much utility. It's unique. You can build a moat with it. And in saturated or highly competitive spaces, you know, the company with the most proof has a clear advantage over those that may struggle to or or not have something similar. So loads of different ways that they can be valuable to content teams, sales teams, companies as a whole. Yeah. You you said a bunch of of interesting things in there. So I'm going to kind of unpack some of it, but, but one of the things that really stood out to me is the emphasis of, of, I guess, kind of the story and the uniqueness of how a customer might work with the company, right. As opposed to, I think, you know, so many case studies focus on, you know, here was the problem they came to us with. Here was their goal. Here's what we did. Here's the result. Okay, very nice. There's an outline there, but it's very technical. It doesn't talk mm-hmm. about relationship. It doesn't talk about, I guess, the the, the work experience that happened there. And, and it sounds like there's something very unique that you bring to the table there. Yeah, I mean, so many case studies, even the word, I, I, it's sad because we're called case study, but I don't like case study as a name for these. I will talk about customer success stories, customer stories. And I think at the heart of these is really something experiential. It's that 
transformation. And what's unique about these, again, done well, what you're doing is you're showing a prospect, here is a person who's like you, who made the decision you're debating. Here's their not only the decision, but the experience of that decision. They didn't Mm -hmm. just buy the thing. They then had to live with that decision. And how often does the notion of living with our decision stop us from, from making a decision, right? I'm hesitant to pull the trigger on the software because will it be adopted? Will it work in our context? Will it work in this environment? Or I'm hesitant to hire this agency because I've been burdened by agencies in the past. And will they communicate? And will they be able to handle you know work in my space? Mm-hmm. There are these really experience-driven stories where it's not just Here's what we did, and here's the bullets, and again, here's some a nice big hero quote. I think where we really try to key in is, you know, what is the human element here? Not just, you know, what happened, but how did that person experience it? What did it make possible for them? What objections did they have in the beginning, and how were those resolved over time? How were they won over? How has it, you know, what can they do now or do better because of the decision they made and the success that's come of it. And I think what gets lost in the tangle is there's all kinds of defense mechanisms people throw up. Well, it's B2B. You know, people just want to see the metrics. People don't want to read. People don't want to watch. People just want to see the, you know, the the big hero quote. None of that is true. You know, your goal is, I believe, with a with a customer story to paint a picture for someone of a possible future and someone that's already living there. So that they can go, that that is possible for me. Mm-hmm. I can see the trajectory. I I can trust that the decision I'm about to make is going to pay out for me. Yeah. One, one of the interesting things you said in there is is the idea of a success story compared to a case study, right? I know it's in your name, case study, but but I mean, telling a story is is about emotions. It's it's, it's about a, mm-hmm. a a journey, so to speak, as opposed to st- a case study sounds much more technical and dry. Um, and I think okay. maybe in the in there lies the distinction that you're trying to make. Yeah, totally. I mean, even it matters so much that even when you're asking someone to take part, it's so much better to say something like, can we feature you? Can we share your success story? Than it is to say, will you be in a case study? Because that sounds very clinical. You know, the analogy that I use, it sounds like you're going to wheel them out on a gurney and dissect them. And that's really not what this is about. And you can also get a sense like there's a lot of tension wrapped up in the words case study, because think about leadership or in sensitive spaces, they think they're going to be put on display, but not in the right way. There's a difference between shining a spotlight on somebody's story and exposing someone, you know, naked to the masses. And case study really sounds like, you know, the latter, like you're about to reveal all the secrets and lay bare the challenges and lay bare their shortcomings and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it really does come down to you know, th- th- there's a, a meaningful distinction between those. And so even though it's in our name, and even though I think that language is going to continue to be used, we always bring it back to the idea of story, of heroes in that story, of a transformation and a narrative arc process. Like a case study is not a collection of bullet points and, and nice quotes. It's it's not just people saying great things about you. It's just It's not just a retelling of what you did. It's a story. And that to us and and to me is always the big difference between the ones we create and, and what others create and also the ones I want to read and wind up reading and 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 what others read or watch or you know what have you. Right. So I guess a lot of companies are gonna hear this and think, well, that all sounds pretty simple. Why don't we just get our content marketing person to do this in-house or work with our content agency and just have them do it? I guess my question is then 
why is it maybe so hard to companies get it right? And, and, and kind of where do people mess up in terms of doing this and how can they be doing it better? Yeah, I think number one, companies don't begin with the end in mind and in many cases don't have the bandwidth to do so. Um, they don't recognize, for example, that case studies are a team sport. Um, often marketing gets tasked with this. They say, hey, go create some case studies. But marketing may not have the relationship with the customer. They may not have that context. They may rely on a CSM or someone else internally who's closer to the customer to get that. Moreover, I think for a lot of content people, even today, case studies are very formulaic. They think as long as I tick the boxes of problem solution results, I've, I've done the thing. When in reality, the right approach to this is to anchor this in real business or revenue goals. There are many different ways to tell a customer success story, many different angles you can take. But usually in-house, uh, there, there just isn't the time or space to step back, think strategically, map this out, and, and then intentionally pursue that angle. I think another thing that's really difficult is I mentioned earlier, you know, there are a lot of disciplines involved in doing these well. One of the biggest challenges with case studies, with customer story creation is not even the creation piece. It's the administration and the management of that project. And what I mean by that is getting buy-in in the first place, setting great expectations in, in the first place so that the customer understands what's happening here. How is this process going to flow? What is the end result going to be? How do I know my interests are going to be protected through it? And then unlike, say, a blog post or something that's self-contained where you don't have this other stakeholder of the customer, uh, when you've got a customer in the mix, there is a lot of follow-up. There is a lot that can happen in the wild. Anytime you, you've got you know, someone else with their own competing priorities, you have to be ready to follow up consistently, check in often. Uh, and you're also not just dealing with your point of contact, usually at, at the other company. Sometimes you have to do the red tape tango with PR or with legal. And a lot of content teams don't know how to respond or navigate in a situation when a client says, I don't want to disclose this, or I want this to be anonymous, or I don't like the way I've been presented here. So it's not that any of this is rocket science, but it is the case that there are moving pieces, a lot of planning that goes into making a story really work. Conducting that interview is not as simple as, oh, let's take the, you know, Google the 10 best case study questions and pop on a call. You know, you, you want to be able to navigate and turn that interviewee into a storyteller. Not everyone can do that. Um, so it's not like producing a blog post, writing a landing page or writing an email series. Some of the same principles apply, but there's this very intimate interaction between you, the customer, their expectations and their constraints and navigating that is something that we've been able to get really adept at doing over the past seven plus years and something that other people who really focus on this type of content learn the hard way that, that they have to be adept at, at handling and, and yeah. navigating. It, it's funny. At first glance, it seems like one of those things that it just, it's so simple, like just go out and do it. Right. But I guess to be done well, like so many other things, it's, it's much more complex, you know, in our agency, you know, we've tried to get some of our clients we're like, Hey, we're running ads for you. We need some case studies to put into the ads and the retargeting sequence, you know, go out and get some, some case studies. And, you know, a, we know what they're going to come back with isn't going to be that great, but often more often than not, they actually come back to us and like, oh, well, we really couldn't get any of our customers to agree to do it. And so the fact that I guess you're able to help, I guess, your customers to navigate that part so that their customers will say yes to the stories um, and the whole process, you know, 
it adds a lot more value than I think people might realize it at first glance. Um, switching gears a little bit from creating case studies to using case studies. Um, one question I have is, you know, you, you spoke before about how to, I guess, repurpose the case studies and use them all different points in your funnel and your marketing and, and customer journey. You know, we focus on my agency's Animal Digital on unpaid ads primarily, right? Um, and one of the funnels that, that I've, I've seen work for, for some companies and, and we haven't been able to pull off as well, to be honest, within our company, and probably because we don't have good case studies, is the idea of using a case study as a lead magnet, right? And I know a lot of people do it. And I was looking at it and I'm like, is that really a good idea? Because, you know, if I'm interested in a company or, or maybe I'm not even interested in a company yet, and to lead with a case study, it's like, well, I would think that that would be only something that comes at a consideration stage, maybe, of looking mm -hmm. at a company. But a lot of companies are, are, are starting as a lead magnet of like, here, let me tell you the story of all the great things that we've done. Does that work? And if it does, why does it work? I think there's two things I want to pull apart here. Um, one is it certainly can work, but your approach has to align. I think one of the things we have to think about is what information is a prospect ready for? Mm -hmm. What do they know when they're clicking an ad? What are they already intimately familiar with? And how is that going to land? And so I, I think for that strategy to work, what needs to be done well is you need to be really clear on and pressing into either a very well felt, you know, acutely felt pain. So mm -hmm. someone goes, okay, I'm seeing an ad that makes a promise against my pain, or I relate to the pain in that ad and it's making a promise to show me how, you know, it was alleviated, or it needs to be a really well-established desired outcome, right? So it has to be something that the, the prospect knows they want an end state they they realize they already have a hunger for or a place they'd like to be in. They just might not be aware of the mechanism or the product to take them there. I think when you press into either of those angles, it works far better than just here's our great company and all the great things that we've done. You know, the language of that ad, the messaging of that ad, the positioning of that ad to me to be effective needs to press into, you know, the promise of alleviation of pain a recipe for the alleviation of pain. So here's how to go do that or an outcome that, that is you know really, really desired where I prefer to see these used in ads um, is not on the front end necessarily. It's not to say you're doing something wrong there. I'm, I'm not a big fan of gating, for example, case studies behind a paywall or, or behind an email or, you know, form or whatever mm -hmm. to get access. People use it to success. It's not my big thing because if I'm interested in learning how you help people, why would you like throw, you know, a stick in the spoke as I'm exploring that. Yep. But where I love to see case studies used, customer stories used is remarketing. If someone has expressed interest, if they've come in, if they've checked out your solution, there's, in my view, few things better to remind them of your value or inch them along than at that point, pushing them into a story. And we had a client, uh, Carthook, who did exactly that. And, and they focused on, you know, once someone had come in, identifying what type of story might be attractive to them and then serving that up, ungated, just, just follow the remarketing, you know, breadcrumbs into this story. And I love that because at that point, you know, as you're saying, I, I think that front end can work done well, but I think this other side of things can work well because now you're validating or you're reminding them of your company in a way that speaks to your value and adds credibility to the claims they might have encountered earlier. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, that, that's typically how I how I think about it is, you know, we want to run ads. We want testimonials and case studies or success stories, as we're going to call them now, 
um, yeah. in, the, in the remarketing layer. Um, I just found it curious because I've known even some other agencies that lead with a gated case study at the yeah. top of the funnel and told me that it's worked well for them. And I just find yeah. that I find that curious and surprising. But, you know, every every company's got different things that work for them. They don't always work across the board. Yeah. And I think, again, it's really got to either press on a really acute pain, promise a really big outcome or be prescriptive. And where it can really work is like the case study has to promise some kind of value. So if in that case study, you are genuinely walking through the here's how, yeah. not necessarily just here's how we did it. But like, if you want to replicate the success, here's a checklist, here's a resource, here's something you can action on. I think the combination of that to me makes more sense than just like, here's a success story, put in your email to read how great we are. Like I, I, I know that can drive success. I know agencies do see success with it, but if I'm writing that ad campaign, I'm coming at it a little differently. Makes a lot of sense. There, there was, uh, I guess, a twist on that. I heard from uh, uh, a previous guest that we had on the show, Jeremiah Smith from uh, Simple Tiger, an SEO agency focusing on SaaS. And, and he had said the way that works for him, and I found it really curious, is he sends traffic to an ungated case study. Um, but then on there, he has a, a, a form that if you would like the PDF version of this case study, enter your email here and we'll send that to you. So you're giving it for free ungated. And he said that you'd be really surprised by the number of people that actually will enter their email to get the PDF version to save for later. And he said the people that actually enter their information at that stage in the game actually have quite high intent. And the percentage of them that he can move into a sales process is actually quite high. So I found that to be very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what's interesting too, is we have to think about the context of buying in B2B. Sometimes it's that they want to save it for themselves for later. It might be they want to pass it along internally. They, they mm -hmm. want to have it in a format that, you know, it's it's different than a link or it's available offline or what have you. So I can see that making sense. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, let's jump into a quick uh, lightning round of some quick questions and quick answers, and then we'll wrap things up. Um, so what's a, a book that you would recommend to listeners? It could be a business book or a fiction book. Yeah. Um, I always recommend Made to Stick. I, I think it's a fantastic kind of guide to making your ideas more memorable, uh, making them more interesting, making them stickier. And so whether you're in marketing or not, I think it'll help you communicate in life, in business and beyond. I think the other book that I'm really um, enjoying and has changed the way I think about things as a founder and as a marketer to some degree as well as Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke. Um, just I tend to overthink, overcomplicate, get paralyzed by the what ifs. And, and that book has really helped me get past that and start to build a bit of an infrastructure for myself in terms of peers and friends and groups that I can uh, navigate that challenge with. So tell, tell me the name of the book again. I didn't hear it. Thinking in Bets. In by bets. Annie yeah. Okay. Because what you just described, I think described me as well as is overthinking and what ifs and, and all that as well. So uh, I'm going to have to check that one out. Um, who's your favorite marketer or business leader that you're learning from these days? Oh, uh, I mean, there's there's loads of them. I think I always admire what Ryan Law, uh, formerly of Animals, has to say. I think he's got a really valuable and interesting perspective. Um, I've been kind of tuning into Essay um, Grant, and he's just got a fascinating story of like, you name it, he's dealt with it. Had a stroke, went through divorce, uh, changed jobs like so many times just because he wanted to learn the disciplines of, of different areas. And so, uh, you know, I admire him because he's building this empire. He's staying diligent. He's staying motivated. He's engaging genuinely with people. Uh, and so, you know, I, I really like his energy and I really like the way that he comes at this. I think in a very like loud speakery kind of industry, he just is someone who comes across a very real um, 
so 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 those two fellas and then i always admire the way that um gia and claire um forget the funnel kind of do business and the way they come at things they're really good at galvanizing audience they're really good at kind of making calculated moves so those are three yeah three four i guess i really admire awesome love it and uh and where can our listeners go to learn more about you yeah, you can check out if you're interested in customer success stories. We have a blog on Case Study Buddy where we have a ton of really actionable, insightful content that's not just, hey, hire us to do the thing. Um, you know, if, if you're trying to do these in-house or, or leverage that, there's, that's a good place to go. Um, you can also check out our services and samples and customers, that customer page I spoke to there. If you want to connect with me personally, I don't always respond quickly, but I always respond on LinkedIn. So feel free to drop me a line there. I love to jam on challenges you're facing or just you know uh, different issues whether it's in customer stories marketing as a whole the business climate we're in any of that stuff so yeah don't be a stranger i can uh, personally attest to joe's helpfulness on on linkedin we connected a number of years ago i don't remember what my question was but i know i had a question about something and we got into a long conversation that late at night i remember i was looking back at some old chats in linkedin and you were quite helpful we didn't know each other at the time but uh you were yeah. still very generous with your time and i'm glad we finally having a chance to uh get to know each other a little bit better and building our relationship. So yeah, thank you. Cheers. Thank you for being on the show and for sharing so much knowledge today. Yeah. Thanks so much for, for having me on. The SaaS Marketing Superstars podcast is brought to you by XAML Digital Marketing. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in.